And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And guess who we have on the phone? I'm probably probably someone that they could guess because you asked them to guess. So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, hello. Are you there, person on the phone? Hello, Monica. Can you hear us? Hello. Oh, no. We have Mon on the phone, by the way. We've got Mon on the phone, but I can't hear a thing. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna pass the phone to our producer. We're gonna see what we can do. See if we can fix this situation. We had a bit of trouble with this yesterday. Yeah, couldn't hear a thing. We're just we're just all over the place here. But our, we're, our sound, but we're not. Our sound, we do have to apologise for our sound quality here this morning. It has just been. Uh, we we think we might have a software issue. We don't know what's going. Ah, and there goes something blasting my eardrums out. Hello. Um, is everything working over there? Do I want to come in there and sort things out with you boys? You definitely do, Monica. We can hardly hear you. You are like way in the distance. You need to talk up as loud as you possibly can. You there? Hello? No, I think we've, I think we've lost Mon. We've lost... Mon is she here. Is, she's gone. kind of... She is... She is uh, oh, this sounds interesting. <laughs> Just... <laughs> what an adventure we are having on Dude, radio this is this a good first day back. <laughs> you can tell it's our first day back. <laughs> yeah, we're just having it's a fantastic time. Today. Yeah, we are having a good time. Well, okay, here, the long and the short of it is that Mon is back yes, in she Newcastle. Just she just landed. She, she landed maybe uh, 10 minutes ago, thereabouts. Mm. And she was, as I was speaking to her on the phone before we went to air, she had just left the airport. So after two months in Africa. She is She's back in Australia. She's here in the country again. So it's been an epic journey Ew. for Mon. We've we've been gone for I've been gone for 3 weeks. Mon, uh, Lawson's been gone for 2 weeks and Mon has been gone for 2 months. What a gun. So she'll be here in a studio in the morning which will be fantastic. It'll be good to mm. have uh, um yeah and hopefully we'll have the system up and running. As it should be. Yes. Of course, we are working uh, tirelessly to get everything perfect. Yes, we've, you had, guys, we've had um, tech support on the radio all morning. I mean, on the on the phone on the all phone. morning. And, uh, because we love doing radio. Yeah, that's right. We love doing it. radio. We love talking to you guys. We love being able to, to share amazing and profound things from the Bible with you guys, which we will be doing. But before we do that, we've got to do another clue for the we quiz do, We do, we do, we do. All right. So, you guessed this correctly. Mm. This is a what book and oh, yes, book am I right. quiz, and the first clue was uh, well, the first clue was this really long quote that I'm not going to read. But the second clue was the word hell is found most often in this book of the Bible, being a total of eight times. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to hear the next next clue. The phrase "the kingdom of heaven" is found 32 times in this book, yet isn't found anywhere else. There you go. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. So if I you did know, not know that which book this is. But this that's actually is. a pretty good clue because if you go, ah, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, yeah. you only have to th- think of one kingdom of heaven verse and you've got the book. And there's, it's the only place it's found. There's 32 of them. Mm-hmm. So if you know one of those 32 kingdom of heaven verses, then you know where this book is and you can give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and you will get a prize completely for free. Okay, so you've got uh, verses like, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of heaven is like, mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven is like and done to. Uh-huh. Um, think of all those verses, tell me what book that is and there's a prize coming your way. The phone number is 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491 with the answer and you will be getting us you will be getting a prize you can of course message us on Facebook but uh, we don't always get those messages straight away yes 
So give us a call. All right, Lyle. Yes. We're encountering God. We are. What, 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 what we are, are in the about? book of Revelation. Yes. We've been talking about the seven last plagues and Boris and Darren kind of stole it from us yesterday. Yeah. Classic Boris and Darren movie. Yeah. What, what are you going to do with these guys? Unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe. So I thought we might just give a couple <laughs> of our own highlights. Yes. All right. So okay. um, let's talk about the grand purpose of the seven last plagues. We did mention this before, uh-huh. but this is the most important point. Okay. So let's, 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 let's think about this for a moment. When the seven last plagues fall, uh-huh. probation has closed. Mm-hmm. Intercession has ceased. Yes. It's over for the world. Uh-huh. Um, the decree has gone out, you know, he that is holy, let him be holy still. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. Mm-hmm. It's all over. Mm-hmm. And so the opportunity for salvation has finished. Jesus is essentially on his way back to this earth. Yes. All right. So the question that uh, we come up with at this time is... Um, what is the purpose of the plagues? So mm. God pours out these plagues; it, it creates havoc on the earth. You know, it's just it's 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 terrible, terrible things that are happening all over the world. What purpose are they serving? Mm. Because they are not scaring people into salvation. Is God just using His creative power to cause pain? Mm. And if God is using his creative power to cause pain, then why? Mm. Does God is God just angry and he's just like, you know what? I'm just I'm just angry. Mm. And, and he's just lashing out like a uh, um a petulant child. Mm. You know, is, is is that what's happening here? It's just a a, a God throwing a temper tantrum. Mm. And because God has the power to do so, he is just, you know, running around the earth smashing stuff. Yeah. You know, is, 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 has God just lost it? Okay, so what are your thoughts on that one, Lawson? Okay, here's the, here's the other thing. Let's take this a step further. <laughs> everything that God does in the Bible is with a purpose, and yeah, everything that God does in the Bible reveals that he is a God of love. Uh-huh. It reveals his character. So how do the seven last plagues reveal the character of God? This is a this is probably the most important question that you've got to, that has to be asked about the seven last plagues because you can read down through them, as Darren did yesterday. I think he read the whole chapter in one go, mm. uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, but you know you've got you've got these sores, you've got uh, the water turning to blood, you've got great heat coming on the earth, mm. uh, you've got. Um, um, you've got you know, the seat of the beast being being put into darkness. Mm. You've got the great earthquake. You've got hailstones. You've got all of this that is happening. Um, what's it all about? Why does it take place? I, I don't know if I said this last time. You did. Oh, I did say it last time. I'm predicting you did. Okay, so one of the most amazing things about God, you know, and about his government. No, you didn't. And about his, um, and about his, he, you know, the way he does things is his transparency. Mm-hmm. And something I see with the seven last plagues is, is God is just being fully transparent. Ah, uh, you did. But not only with his character, but with the character of everyone. Mm-hmm. What God is doing in a way, um, and this is, you know, there, there might be, you know, a greater theological end to, uh, than this, and there might be a greater purpose than this, but something that I see God doing is ultimately, you know, well, okay, I'll say it like this. So we talk about, you know, as Christians, we want to follow the law because mm-hmm. keeping the law is a reflection of our state of salvation. It's not that we are saved by keeping the law. You know, we are saved by Jesus from that, you know, that choice and that grace that he gives us. But then we keep the law because we love him. 
right? And it's like, okay, if, if, if we're doing that, it's, it's a reflection of our state of salvation. I see the plagues as a reflection of the state of the human character. What is the reaction to the plague going to be? You know, is it going to be, you know, something terrible happens and you just turn on everyone else and start killing people? Or is it, you know, you're going to continue to come back to God? And God is using the plagues as, as a sort of, as a measure of transparency in a way. Uh, that that's how I see it anyway. I, I, I yeah, that that's something that I I've thought about personally. I'm like, because it is a good question. Okay, why why the plagues? Why the plagues? God is just proving to everyone, and He does this a few times. We see, you know, after the something we're going to talk about later, after the second resurrection, how the wicked are going to come and you know this. They're sta- stood before the city, and it's like, oh, they're not going to be safe. But why are they standing before the city? And it's like again, another, another time where God uses a situation to show, okay, where are these people really at? Because we see, you know, during the plagues of Egypt, the people of God were, you know, continuing to lean on God. They were continually protected because of that, and they were sweet. Whereas the, the sorry, the people, the Jews of that time, um, but then the, the Egyptians were reacting to the plagues very you know negatively and 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 yeah it it just really revealed everyone's character and everyone's state you know and so that's how i kind of see the plagues. what do you think about that lyle yeah i think that's exactly what's happening here uh god has closed probation Mm -hmm. and there are those in the universe who are looking on because they don't read the human heart they could they could question that Mm. you know why have you closed it now why didn't you close it 10 minutes later why didn't you close it 10 years later Mm. wouldn't there have been more people saved yeah uh, and, and of course, you know, they're looking on, they see some people are living very righteous lives. It's like, okay, why did this person really, they were lost? Uh, there's a lot of questions in the universe mm. when God closes probation. And it's a pretty full on thing to do. Yeah. To close probation. And so, um, in, in, in preparation for his return. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And so, you know, you find that that God is closing probation. The universe is looking on. How does the universe know that what God did was the right thing? Mm. And what the plagues do is they demonstrate that God was absolutely 100% correct in his decision. Yeah, fully. Uh, So, you know, whenever you get a disaster, and and you you can see this happening in any part of the world, wherever there's a disaster, suddenly the churches fill up. Mm-hmm. I remember doing literature evangelism in the city of New Orleans many, many years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. Back in 1993. Yes. And it was the toughest city I ever worked in. It was the most godless place I've ever been, I think, even though it is a part of the Bible Belt. And, you know, I, I, I'm working there and it's just, it's like, wow, this is just such an incredibly, you know, hard, hard city, hard, hard people. Mm. You know, even though they're going to church, uh, they were just hard people. Yeah. You know, and then you had, uh, and, and because of that, my team leader, you know, the, it, it sort of, um, New Orleans built itself a bit of a reputation. Like, if you want to do literature vandalism, don't go to New Orleans. It will yeah. break you. It yeah. It will destroy you. This city will, will chew you up and spit you back out, and you'll be wrecked at the end of it. Mm. And so everybody avoided the city for many years until, uh, you know, Hurricane Katrina came through and completely changed the whole city. Mm. You know, they went there a few years after Hurricane Katrina, and it was the most spiritually open city that they'd ever come across. Yeah, wow. In in the United States. And so this is what happens. Disaster causes people to um, turn to God. Yeah, fully. And 
what God is doing here is saying, look, I've closed probation. I have not done this arbitrarily. And we can read this if we go over to Second Peter. Let's go over to Second Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't just draw a line in the sand and say, okay, here's the date. Um, if you're not ready by this particular point, then too bad. I know that if I'd waited another year that you would have given your heart to me, but, you know, I've got to draw the line somewhere. No, that's not how God works. Probation go closes when there is nobody else that can possibly mm. be saved. Yeah. And so Second uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 has a very revealing um, passage in relationship to God's character on this and how God, you know, how God's mind works. If you want to read that one for us. Yeah, please. sure. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord isn't really um, being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent. Okay, so God is, uh, you know, God wants everyone to repent, and that's God's will. Mm. So God is never going to close probation while there is the opportunity for somebody to repent. Yeah. These are people that, that Jesus gave his life for. These are people that Jesus died for. And because of that, you know, there's no way that he's going to waste one drop of that blood that he doesn't, you know, th- yeah. th- he doesn't have to. Fully. I think God is ultimately reflecting his statement about the close of probation, which is, you know, let the just be just still and let the wicked be wicked still. Yeah. You know, so he's like, okay, watch this. You know, I've made this statement that all these people are going, no one's going to change. Watch me just pour out plagues on the earth and my judgment is correct. Yep. God is proving himself correct for the sake of transparency, which is which is awesome. Like, yeah. I, I think that's great. Yep. Yeah, so when God pours out these plagues, basically, the, I think probably the most revealing verse in Revelation chapter 16 is, is what God is doing is like, look, it doesn't matter what you do on planet Earth, these people are impossible to save. Mm. And that's why I have closed probation, because there's nobody left who can be saved. And the universe is looking on and, and sort of got these question marks, and God says, okay, watch this, so we'll, we'll, we'll pour out some plagues. Mm. No one turns to God. Pours out some more. No mm. one turns to God. Pours out some more. No one turns to God. And he's just demonstrating, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times that he has made the right decision. God mm. is so thorough. God is beyond thorough in removing any evidence from the universe uh, or, or, or any any idea from the universe that he is not just, mm. that he's making the wrong decisions. Uh, let's go down to verse 10 and 11, please, Lawson. Okay, the Bible says, The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. His subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed God, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores, but they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Yeah, and, and, this is the, and this is the whole point right here. Normally when you get this kind of thing happening, you have people that are turning to God. Mm. And um, there's nobody here that is turning to God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's a uh, that's probably the most important point of the seven last plagues that needs to be highlighted. Uh, probably the third time I've highlighted it now, yeah. but this is a passage of scripture that people often misunderstand, and it's a passage that is often used by atheists to hammer Christianity and say, "Look, mm. you know, the Bible teaches this. Can you? Be- what? What? How do you claim that God is a God of love when this is what the Bible says that God mm. is going to do? How does this demonstrate that God is a God of love? Mm. And it does demonstrate that God is a God of love. It does demonstrate that God is doing everything that He can to be able to demonstrate that what He's doing is righteous, mm. and that in the process of that, 
He's not going to take away our freedom of choice. The power of choice will always remain because the power of choice is what creates the existence of love. Yes, yes. And so love will always remain. The power of choice will always remain. For the rest of eternity, the possibility to sin will always exist, but sin will never come back because God has ticked every box. He yes. has gone to you know, the furthest lengths possible to be able to demonstrate that what he's doing is, is mm. the right thing. That's awesome. That's so good. It is. Let's go now to verse 13 and 14. Now, this is an interesting passage. This is another one of these parenthetical uh, passages that you Mm. find so much in the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. So what you've got in verse 12 is the drying up of the river Euphrates. Yes. We probably should comment on that very quickly. What does water symbolize in the Bible? People. Okay, so we've got people here. And what famous city does the river Euphrates? Babylon. Babylon. And in the past, <laughs> has that river ever dried up, dried up before? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, last nodding. Yes. Cyrus the Persian dried it up. Oh, yeah, that's right. He diverted the... He diverted the... He didn't dry it up. He diverted the river. Okay, so Cyrus the Persian is uh, an interesting character in the Bible. He's called the shepherd. He's called the Messiah. Yeah. These are, these are names that are applied to Jesus Christ. Mm. So he's called the shepherd. He's called the Messiah. He drives up. He, he he dries up the river Euphrates. He comes from the east mm. uh, with a number of kings. You know the kings from the east, and he diverts the river Euphrates that is flowing through the city of Babylon, marches his army down the dry riverbed into the middle of the city. He destroys Babylon, and then he uh, releases God's people and sends them to the promised land. Mm. And so uh, this is a. Um, you know, this is a type of what Jesus does because Jesus comes down to this earth. The Bible says that he comes from the east. Man, that is epic. And he drives up the river Euphrates. Now, of course, at the end of time, you go from literal local to worldwide and symbolic. Yes. So we're not dealing with the literal city of Babylon in the local area of Iraq. We are dealing with the spiritual Babylon, which is worldwide. Mm-hmm. And, of course, spiritual Babylon, which is worldwide, is control is is supported, I should say, by many many people. Mm. The River Euphrates was the support for ancient Babylon. Yes, the people are the support for modern Babylon because mm-hmm. water is a symbol of people in the yes. Bible. Yes, it's interesting that the word Euphrates actually literally means the flood or flooding river. Mm-hmm. That's what the word means. And so here you've got a flood of people who are supporting Babylon mm. at the end of time, and God just dries it up. Yeah. Babylon is exposed for what it is. Mm. Um, Everybody sees through it, and the support just runs bone dry for Babylon. Mm. But then the Bible has this parenthetical uh, piece right here, which is very similar to, say, Revelation chapter 12, where it backtracks. Yeah. It backtracks to show you something that is relevant to this situation, uh, it shows you how Babylon was formed, you know, spiritual Babylon at the end of time was formed in the first place. In other words, you know, globalism, mm. how globalism was formed, and gives you some background information. So why don't you read for us verse uh, 13 and 14, please, Lewis. Yeah, the Bible says, And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them for battle against the Lord and that great judgment day of God the Almighty. Okay, so you've got three unclean spirits. Where do they come from? 
the mouth of the beast, mm-hmm. the dragon, and the false prophet. Okay, so the beast, the dragon, and the false prophet all exist within the realm of religion. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is important to notice. We don't have to define exactly which religion, but what you've got is these religious powers going out to the political powers. So mm-hmm. religion going to the politics to draw the world together. And that's exactly what you find is taking place in our world right now. Uh, this is a Forbes family. As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Saying love will bring us peace if you put your hope in me. Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. As the masses take his mark, leave a lie to chill their hearts. They'll know the time has come to seal the fate. Those who claim to the cross will refuse and pay the cost. As God redeems his own from the sea of hate. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to Faith FM, and we have another quiz, quiz clue for our quiz because nobody has snapped this one up yet. Which pass, which which book of the Bible talks about hell and the kingdom of God more than any other book? In fact, the yes. only book that talks about the kingdom of God. All right, here we go. Another quote. You ready? Yep. You ready? Mm-hmm. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. I've <laughs> uh, been doing some of that. Been doing some Whoa, of that. Oh yeah, we have, we have been. Did you give the um, Did you give the stats on on? Uh, oh yeah, I forgot to give the stats. This I forgot is, to give the stats. This is like the most Super exciting, awesome part. Okay, so. All right, so we've received some stats on the amount of baptisms that happened while we were there. These aren't the ones that were ma- like decisions that were made. 
from from that. These are just the ones that happened in the two weekends we were there. Yes, that's right. Um, check this out. So on the first Sabbath we were there. And this is across the, the various uh, conferences. Conferences. This in is in all, So how many conferences all, have we got in Ethiopia? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten conferences. Ten conferences in so, Ethiopia. So the 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 the, uh, the Adventist Church in Ethiopia is about the same size as the Adventist Church here in Australia. It's about sixty thousand members there, about something like that. I think it was. No, it was like a hundred. Oh, okay. Over over a hundred. Right, so these are big members. conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big conferences. Yeah, it's a lot of conferences in quite a small area. Yes. But that's because, you know, they need it for the more people. Yeah. But check it out. So, on the first Sabbath, right across Ethiopia, they had 7,187 baptisms. Oh, praise God. The first Sabbath with it. The second Sabbath, 10,742 baptisms. And so, in total... While we were there, these aren't the decisions that were made from our meetings. These were just like people who were coming to get baptized, like that, you know, they had programs and different things running before we were there. 17,929 baptisms in Ethiopia over two Sabbaths. That's incredible. So, wow. You know, you've got. That's basically 18,000 baptisms. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Okay, so you've got a conference there that's got, you know, a little over 100,000 people. That's like an 18% growth in two Sabbaths. Yeah. Isn't that just (laughs) insane? That's uh, that's, that's fantastic. That is Uh, so good. Really, really awesome stuff. All right, so, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Back to the plagues. Yes. We were talking about how the religious powers go out to the political powers. The Bible says to gather the whole world together. Mm-hmm. And that's ooh, ooh, can yes. I can I say something on this? Go so for I had I had a sermon one time from I'm I'm not going to name a pretty prominent dude who said that he thinks these spirits are mobile phones and yeah, technology. No, no, you don't no, reckon? No, you don't reckon, no, Lyle? No, 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 come on. These unclean spirits that connect the the political and the spiritual world. Speculation. You reckon? Speculation. <laughs> it's politicizing prophecy. D- d- I, we just need to go with what the Bible says and yeah, not true. go into the area of speculation. True, 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 true. And what you find here is the Bible says you've got unclean spirits. Uh, they go out to gather the, 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 the kings of the earth, mm-hmm. it says, which is what we would call the political leaders of the world yes. in our day. Yes. Now, you know, the last 40 years of planet earth have been, I, I think probably the most significant part of the last 40 years has been globalization of our planet. Uh-huh. Uh, this is no secret. This is something that we live in, and every day that goes by, our planet becomes smaller and more globalized. Man, isn't it crazy being in Ethiopia, like one of the poorest countries on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And like they all just start adding me on Facebook. All the people, all the people there. It's like one of the fastest. <laughs> during, growing- during this show this morning, I've already accepted I think three friend requests from Ethiopia. You know, it's one Which of the fastest. Great- like Ethiopia, like. A remote country in Africa, one of the fastest growing economies in the world, filled with like, you know, cars from Japan and, you know, it's, yeah, it's just wild. It's, and we're, we're, with all of their the corners effects. well rounded off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, dear. No, it is. It is, uh, it's, it's quite remarkable. And, um, you know, when the internet's working, the internet works and yeah. kind of and kind of <laughs> yeah they've got kind of internet in, in, internet over there they've got kind that's that's what it's called it's, it's not kind, internet it's kind, it's kind, kind of in, internet. kind of internet with kind of electricity yeah 
Yeah. So sometimes electricity works and that's when the internet works as well. Yeah. Man, oh, I could just talk about so much how crazy... I was, I was thinking about this morning, just how crazy Ethiopian culture is, like the mix of traditionalism and, and modernism and how it's completely different from any African country, but then it's the same. And it's just... it's just It was just amazing being over there. But of course, yeah, we're just... Oh, stoked to be back! Stoked to be doing, uh, doing, doing radio. But yes, let's yes. let's continue globalization. All right, so globalization. Where were we up to? Uh, Talking about the the spirits going forth and oh, that's right, that's yes, right. Yes, uh, the, the 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 three unclean spirits going out. <laughs> Basically, what it's telling you is that the driving force behind globalization is religion. Yeah. Wow. End of story. <sighs> you look at it today. People say globalization is driven by economics, mm-hmm. it's driven by politics. The mm-hmm. Bible says it's driven by religion. And if you actually study into globalization, you do not have to scratch the surface very far to know that that is exactly the case. Mm. This is exactly what's taking place. Um, the driving force is religion. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, then um, it uh, you know we can understand where we are in, in the history of this world and, and really what the Bible here in this parenthetical uh, piece is doing it's like okay how did the world get to this point so it's gone down through a bunch of the plagues and it's like wait a minute nobody nobody is coming to God nobody is confessing their sin nobody you know, the whole world is hardened against God how did it how did it get to this point mm. and then goes on to talk about you know the, this this global gathering against God mm-hmm. and goes on to talk about the Battle of Armageddon yes which is an important question that we do need to look at which has come in for question of the day from one of my uh, Ethiopian friends via Facebook who wants this one answered on radio so oh yeah, there we go maybe we will uh, get time we'll have a look and see if we get time to uh, um, answer that question this morning fully. Yes. All right. So, uh, a couple of other um, highlights here. Let's go down to verse 19. Okay. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 19, The great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So, God remembered all of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink of the cup that was filled with the wine of of his fierce wrath. Okay, so how many points was the city of Babylon divided into here? Three sections. Three sections, and wh- how many? How many different? Um, from what three different entities did these three unclean spirits come from? Well, they came from the beast and the false prophet. And the dragon. Okay, so you've got three different religious entities that are creating this false union against God, this false globalism against God, Mm -hmm. and this is your end-time Babylon right here. Yes. It is globalization, globalism against God, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole world gathering together against God, and as a result of that, you find that um, it all collapses right here at the end. Mm. Which is not hard to imagine, you know, because the most dividing things on our world today is nationalism and religion. Nationalism and religion, men. I mean, you see it just in Ethiopia where we were in Awasa, which yes. is uh, Sadama territory. Yes. And they've got protests in the streets because they want to get rid of the Amharas. Yeah, wow. You know, and, and I'm sort of looking at it and going, you know, this is not even a black, white, Asian, Indian, you know, kind of issue. This is this is people who look identical to each other. And they speak two languages that are like nearly the same. And the <laughs> Saddamas are like, no, Awasa is ours. 
We want all of the Amharas out because they're taking our jobs and they're taking our university positions and they're taking this from us and that from us and the other from us. And uh, so let's let's boot them all out. Yeah. And you know, one of the um, in in my site, the one of the, the the head elder there, his his Amhara. Yeah. And he was driven out of his home. He lost all his possessions. Everything he had was destroyed by Sadamas. Mm. You know, and so you look at that. It's not hard to see how you know globalization completely melts down here at the very end of time. Mm. Anyway, we need to move on with the show this morning. We have PJ Anderson coming up with Mercy Mercy here on Faith FM. You became like me, so I could see more like you. As it should be The way that you created it to be Where beauty is beyond what we can show And hatred is a burden we don't know And mercy, mercy like the summer rain Forgiveness is a fortress That takes away our pain And joy is ever flowing through our hearts Your love is like a love we've never Where beauty is beyond what we can show And hatred is the burden 
like the sun that brings me home. Your mercy is the calm in my soul. Every Saturday morning at 10:30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11:30 a.m. You can find us at 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Centre. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh Day Adventist Church, or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon, and stay tuned to Face FM. Yeah. 
Guys, you were listening to Jesse Clark Thunk with Come Thou Thout of Every Blessing here on Faith FM. And you would not believe <laughs> who just walked into the studio. G'day, g'day, g'day. Mon, what is it like? What is it like to be sitting in the studio in Faith FM in Australia, it in feels Newcastle? So good. And I can't believe I'm here. I literally just came out of the airport. I got picked up by my buddy Diane. And I said, Diane, forget going home. We're going straight to the studio. <laughs> I just literally stepped out of an airplane and came to the studio. That's awesome. This is how much I love my this, work, you guys. That's right. Oh, this, that this is, is so how much good. you love your listeners. That's it. I'm so I'm so happy to be back here sitting at this desk with you two guys doing Faith of Him. In fact, I brought a little present for you guys. Oh. oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 so I knew I feel how like much, I'm on Oprah right I now. I knew how much you guys would be missing Ethiopian food, so I brought you some dried injera bread. <laughs> 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 it's a joke, you guys. Lyle hates injera. <laughs> I hate injera. It just injered me. <laughs> <laughs> so injera I ate it for the, bread. I ate it for the first three days, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I like Western bread. Yeah, so injera bread, it's like a big savory fermented pancake, and it's made it gets from smelt. Everything, mm. yeah, spelt. Sorry, not smelt. Comes spelt. With, comes you with make everything. Spelt. The way you make it, what you do is you get spelt flour, you mix it with water, then you put it, wrap it up in a cloth, and you let it sit for three days, Ooh. and then you spread it out on a flat clay. Um, pan, you know, a ceramic uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, clay pan, and then you cook it that way, um, and it just comes up 
sort of you sort of gent- just gently heat it so it, it, it solidifies and goes sort of very soft and then you just roll it up. Yep, and comes with everything. And your uh, injured bread is your knife, fork, and spoon. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You don't have any utensils. You just grab a bit of this pancake thing and you use it to scoop up whatever you're eating. So I've actually found at the I- airport they have the dried injera, um, which obviously is much better for travel. And like legit, just to describe it to our, our listeners, it looks like a, a seaweed slash coral shards that I've just brought into the studio in a cup. Courtesy Lawson, of, Lawson is munching on some right now. Courtesy of Addis Ababa Airport. <laughs> it's not too bad, eh? Like, because it's got that vinegar vinica flavor going. Flavor, yeah, yeah, see, yeah, I hate yeah. vinegar. And, and it's like, because it's dry, it kind of tastes like chips. Like, if you chuck some salt on it, I think this would be deep. I think, dude. <laughs> it needs some dip. It needs what some I, What I loved about, what I loved about Ethiopia oh. was everything that went on the injurer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All of bad. the all of the <gasps> toppings were so good. I love so the spinach good. thing that they did. They had uh-huh. this one sort of spin. Oh, I could have eaten the whole pot of that. But yeah, you the do the beans with garlic. Um, you had the the brown beans. You know, it was kind of a little bit like refried beans that you had with garlic, and then you had the other kind of beans, which was green beans. Um, chopped up green beans. Oh man, those were so good with yeah. chilies. Yeah. Oh, just but amazing. You, uh, you do get a little bit of sick of like sort of having to. Okay, you have to imagine you're not just eating your food; you're eating the fork that you're eating the food with. So everything is tainted with the flavor of injera. And if you don't like injera, well, you kind of eat yeah, for rip. a rough run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I, I got, <laughs> I got, a, I got a spoon for a lot of um, my time and <laughs> yeah. ate the toppings rather than the which was a hard <laughs> thing for Ethiopians to do for you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a big ask. They didn't want to, for you and they were kind of really sad when I did when, yeah, when they, they, but they could see I was struggling it's like when Asians like have to give you a fork because you can't handle chopsticks <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and they kind of just look a bit sad it's like oh he's western he's never really going he's, he enjoys our culture but you know he's never really going to make it yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not one of us <laughs> but yeah anyway I thought I'd pop around I just I just had a grueling 32 hour journey um, you're a gun so, yeah so flew out from Ethiopia did a stopover in Dubai stopover in Singapore Stop over in Melbourne. <laughs> and, uh, you did the milk cheap run. flights. <laughs> you, yeah, the milk and run. then landed into uh, landed into Newcastle uh, at seven, oh, about an hour ago, actually, an hour ago, and then jumped out of the thing and yeah, got my suitcases and came straight here. So yeah, had a, had a bit of a, a crazy trip. So yeah, but really excited to be back in Australia. Really excited to see you guys. Really excited to see producer Shell behind the desk. Yeah, it's so even, nice. even with all of our technical difficulties this morning where it's kind of like yeah, nothing yeah. is working. Yeah. I'm just excited to see you. Yeah. Oh, bless your little hearts. <laughs> it's, so, it's actually a little bit weird. Like the three of us were doing radio in Ethiopia. Like it feels like we're doing that forever and then suddenly we're boom, zap, teleported back to Australia. Back to Australia. It feels like that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It just yeah. feels surreal. Do you know what? That, you know, it, it seems like just a few hours ago we were driving through dusty yeah. streets uh, around badge edges and donkey carts. I think we should just get on the plane and go to Mali. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do you those who missed the joke, Lawson got oh, re- rerouted, <laughs> rerouted via London to Malawi. <laughs> Almost got ended up so, in Malawi. So they were like, like, "Okay, how do you get from Malawi to uh, to could, Ethiopia? You walk? Do you, you know? walk?" <laughs> <laughs> By the way, dear listeners, I didn't just bring a present back for Lawson and Lyle. I also brought back a present for the listeners. Oh. Need to listen this week. Okay, I have really special gifts from. Kenya, not food, even better than food. Listen out. We'll be doing some special interviews with some special gifts just for the listeners. Oh, fantastic. This is uh, Anders Venson with Heal Our Land.
all around People have gone Stolen by the wind We all do Seeking peace, seeking comfort and hope in the restless
Welcome back, guys. That was Anders Svensson with Heal Our Land um, here on Faith FM. And, uh, yes, we have the whole team here yes. in, the, in the studio. Mon just got off the aeroplane and came straight here. Mon's she, feeling she a little loves, bit delirious. She loves you guys Dude, so much. So we, we should tell. We should, pick on, we should pick on Mon while she's delirious this Don't morning. Don't make me say too much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something wrong. I just... <laughs> in that delirious state, I always stick my foot in it. Makes you... It's a, it's a pity you weren't here just you know, a little bit earlier. We could have had some more time to try and... Um, oh... <laughs> <laughs> pry the hilarious moments out of you. <laughs> but we have come to that part of the show, which is the end of the show, where we're going to give something away. And what do we have to give away? Of course, we have been talking about plagues and about Babylon and yes. all these gnarly things. And I've got this book. Mm-hmm. What's it called? What's the book called? Babylon Mark? Rising by John Bradshaw. So John Bradshaw, he's a personal good, friend, pretty of, good friend of, of Lyle's, yours, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he Lyle? Yeah. He chaperoned Lyle and Shelman. They were curting. Yes. He was the third wheel. Back in the day. Lyle's third back in wheel the day. wrote a book and it's up for grabs today. We were at college <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and there it is. There's Monster Delirium. So, so Lyle's third wheel wrote a book called Babylon Rising. It's got a big old Illuminati triangle on the front of it, and essentially, it is going through. You know, who, what is Babylon? Who is Babylon? What is going on with these amazing um, end the time really powers? Important answers that yeah, yeah. the uh, that the Book of Revelation talks about. So, if you want, this we book, were going to do that question this morning from uh, my friend Yoni. From Ethiopia, but uh, then Mon turned up, so we Sorry. need to do question of the day. Yeah. We'll do it tomorrow. Um, we'll do it tomorrow. But yeah, it is really important to know what is happening in the book of Revelation, and this book will actually clarify in a really mm. um, excellent way. So call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, if you would like to receive Babylon Rising. This is not the giveaway that I bought from Kenya, by the way. That, that'll be given away later okay. in the week, so stay tuned for that in the coming days. Um, but yeah, 1-800-FAITH-FM is a number if you would like to get a copy of this book. There you go. Something exciting. So give us a call. 1-800-324-843. Be the first caller through or text us on 0491 if you're feeling lucky or contact us via any of our social media. But we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me. I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord And be free No more weeping No more weeping No more weeping over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave